0: Welcome to Clear Thinking Out Loud, written and narrated by Mark Turrell of Uncommon Knowledge. Hi, I'm Mark Turrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and welcome to four powerful story therapy techniques, how to colour your communication with metaphor. Just recently, I've received several intriguingly similar emails from regular users of our downloads at hypnosisdownloads.com. And the correspondents have been curious about why we often include stories in the hypnosis part of our downloads. Okay, A common question uh, has been something like, um, what's the point of that story? What does it mean? Okay, Now, once you understand, really understand, the power of stories and why they're used by psychotherapists, hypnotherapists business trainers, and people-inspirers of all kinds, then I hope you'll use them more too, so you can ramp up the power of your communication. The beauty and wonder of stories is that they have an almost magical capacity to break through our prejudices, our preconceived ideas, our hidden assumptions and emotional limitations, and contact a deeper part within us the part of us that responds to metaphor and patterns. Now, before I expand on this, a word or two of warning. And that warning is how to kill a good story or how to avoid killing a good story. If you want to stop a story from truly working its magic, you can do one of two things. You can try to analyze it very consciously in order to work out what it means Or you can try to see the point or understand the punchline. And there's a story about the dangers of sapping the life out of a story through over analysis. Okay, And this story is as follows. A curious boy, a would-be scientist okay, who was used to thinking in straight lines, captured a fly to study and immediately started to pull the fly apart. And very soon the boy had a pair of wings, a head, some legs and a body all spread out on a table in front of him, but he couldn't help but wonder where the fly itself had gone. Just as pulling the fly apart caused the life of the fly, the flyness, you might say, to go out of the fly, so too unpicking a story can in some cases block its capacity to work unconsciously within you to its maximum effect the hidden power of stories. The best stories are multifaceted, and like an onion, have multiple layers of meaning, depending on the state of the listener's or the reader's mind. You don't always exhaust a story on the first encounter. I've often noticed that repeated readings or hearings of the same story over years can reveal more and more hidden meanings and depths. If you set out to look for and perhaps find one meaning for a story, you may stop looking for what else it may be offering you, prematurely um, shutting its action on you down, so to speak, thus diminishing its potential to teach you. The real juice of a story may be in the beginning or even in parts that seem quite irrelevant, not in some punchline. To find the point of something is very uh, reductionist. So in short, it's always best to listen with an open mind. When people have been hypnotized, they often feel different afterwards about an old problem or even feel that it no longer is a problem. Some of the time a story embedded in the wider hypnotic communication will have been what made all the difference. Metaphor has evolved with us. You and I, and all of us, evolved to continuously adapt to what we encounter in life and to understand it through metaphor. You dream in metaphor. All language is metaphorical, insofar as sound bits are stand-ins or metaphors for what they're describing. A chair is just a noise. Okay, but it's a metaphor in your mind for something else, which is real. The word shoe, for instance, isn't itself a shoe, it's just a word, but the word acts as a metaphor. So what's the value for you of using metaphors and even full-blown stories more in your everyday life? The value of using metaphor. So let's say you're trying to help someone overcome some problem, or maybe coach or teach them something. A constructive metaphor will do four things for you and for them. Firstly, it will build expectancy. Secondly, it will bypass resistance. It will maintain autonomy and it will offer a new perspective or perhaps many new perspectives. So here are the four powerful story therapy techniques. Number one, building expectancy. A good metaphor will build a sense of expectation in the person that you're talking with that his or her problem Can be solved or at least seen in fresh ways. So metaphors which are hopeful engender hope. Number two, bypassing resistance. We're all naturally resistant to change. Some of us more than others. Stories, anecdotes, and even seemingly throwaway metaphors can be used in such a way as to maximize the chances that the ideas you're suggesting will be accepted. For example, if a smoker is firmly wedded to the idea, that they have a so-called addictive personality and this bias leads them to feel that quitting will be very hard or even impossible, I might suggest that smoking is like a relationship with an abusive partner in which the thought of leaving that abusive partner may be very daunting, especially at first, in spite of the abuse. But once you do leave them and they're no longer pushing you around, you wonder why on earth you didn't leave years before. So this kind of metaphor offers hope and gives the person a new, less limiting way of looking at their um, situation or problem. Next, we have maintaining autonomy. It's important to all of us to feel that we have some autonomy and control over our own lives. People generally don't like being directly told what to do, even if the person telling them what to do has their best interests at heart an anecdote or a metaphor or story is a way of offering an idea or advice without seeming to do so. It can be accepted or rejected without the person even noticing that you've given them a new way of seeing the situation or problem. You know, it can be received by the unconscious mind. So the conscious mind, which tends to pull things apart, uh, is bypassed. And then we have offering new perspectives. Metaphorical communication can also help people see their situation and even themselves more objectively, more flexibly. It's useful to see the many characters of an old familiar tale, the hero, the heroine, the villain, uh, the sisters, the uh, witches, the stranger on the road and so on, as representing different parts of a single personality. So, for example, if someone wants to quit an addiction like drinking, the villain alcohol may unconsciously be represented by the wicked witch or evil genie, who, through a combination of cunning and courage and determination, is outwitted and defeated by the hero or heroine. Communicate more effectively stories. Stories have been used for thousands of years to teach at both conscious and unconscious levels. Stories are naturally hypnotic because they get you visualizing an alternative reality and so forgetting your current experience to some extent as you drift into the narrative of the tale that you're listening to and more or less forget the room that you're listening in. Get used to likening one thing to another when you're, communicate, uh, when you're communicating with your clients. In fact, I'm sure you already do this. So my guitar teacher recently described the musical notes in a piece we were working on as being like flavors in a meal. If we put in too much of one spice or herb, other flavors can be blocked out. And this was a nice way of embedding in my mind uh, what he was trying to teach me from a musical point of view. Read plenty of traditional stories with an open mind and let them work within you without trying too hard to consciously digest them or to pick them apart consciously. Remember the poor fly, and you can even start telling stories during conversation—not necessarily uh, lengthy ones, but just stories that proffer a wide, or a wider, or new, more healthy perspective. I once worked with a client who was very lonely and had got into a relationship with a man who treated her uh, really badly. And she kept telling me how stupid she was for going out with this guy. And I reminded her that she'd been lonely. And then I said something uh, to the effect that, um, you know, it reminds me, I said to her, of a story I once heard about a man who was driving through a scorching desert when his car broke down. In the end, he got so desperately thirsty that he began to drink the fuel from the petrol tank of his car and she got the point that it was her loneliness that had driven her to start a relationship with such an unsuitable person and that when we're desperate um, for a need to be completed then we may do the equivalent of, of uh, drinking poison and, and once we become aware of that then we can look for healthier sources of of, uh, meeting that need. So when someone needs to learn something or is having a problem, notice what kind of story or image comes to mind in your, to your mind spontaneously and ask yourself, will this be a new and valuable metaphorical perspective for this person? People like stories, so the more you use while taking care to avoid being too long-winded, the more entertaining people will find you, and more crucially, the more you'll inspire, persuade, and be able to teach people. So I hope you found that useful. I'm Mark Turrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and if you'd like to uh, subscribe to my email newsletter, you can find it over at unk.com slash blog. That's unk.com slash blog.